You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Kay. Welcome to the show. Today, we will be having a guest on. And um, before Kim from Bill Jack comes on to the show... I just want to welcome you, and I want to talk about a few different things. I have a new favorite dog. That's what I'm going to be uh, doing for the next couple of shows. Once or twice, I want to just talk about a new favorite that I've come up with that I haven't seen in a while, and that is the Whippet. W-H-I-P-P-E-T, sometimes called the Snap Dog. It looks like a smaller greyhound. And they used to use it for hunting like a sight dog, but they weren't happy with it, so they maimed it, which made it so that it couldn't do the hunts like a greyhound. And it was usually used for ratting and rabbits. I mean, agility, like you can't believe. The name Whippet means move briskly. And the beautiful thing about this dog and its acceleration, kind of like the cougar or the cheetah, is it accelerates fastest in all of the dogs. And the beautiful thing about it when it runs is every two steps, all four of its legs are off the ground, which I think is absolutely magnificent. At one point they had, it's from England, and they've used it in many of the master's paintings because they really are such beautiful dogs. Short, coarse fur, and what they would do is they mixed it with a spaniel, and it had that, that kind of different look. They're not really barkers. They can be a little like couch potatoes if it's not, you know, if they're not out running because they are sighthounds, you know, so they'll run with a sight of a rabbit or a rat. They'll just, you know, like a greyhound, they'll just run forever. But they are wonderful, wonderful pets. They truly are. Louis the Fifteenth had them, and he kind of made them popular, and then Eventually, they, you know, came out of favor, I guess, because of the greyhounds and other type of taller dogs, because this dog is really only 20 to 42 pounds, but it is really a beauty. And the Kennel Club has recognized it since 1891, and I'm hoping that the coming year, when we have the show, that there will be a whippet on them, because they are just, they're just beautiful. Of course, you know, like, We shouldn't judge a book by its cover. If you happen to like a certain breed, like I have friends that love those little French bulldogs or poodles, you know, the breed, they like the look of that kind of a breed. Of course, if you ever do adopt from a shelter, there's nothing like a rescued pet, a secondhand pet, you know, especially with a dog. And you can find purebreds in a shelter, but that's my new favorite for this week. And my new favorite in cats is this cat that they are domesticating. It was basically a feral cat. And it's, um, I want to spell it correctly, C-A-R-A-C-A-L. And it's very interesting. It's got long legs, canine teeth, tufted ears like a lynx, but Groucho Marx eyebrows. You know, it's from the Middle East. It's in Israel and in South Africa. And it usually roams either alone or with a mate. 
And they do set their territories with urinating and leaving dung and scratching like rocks in the area they're in. And I just think they're fascinating. They're really very cute. If you go into my Unleashed Facebook page, I'm going to post pictures of them because they are just the cutest things. They are meat eaters. They go after small rodents. They certainly are hunters. They prey upon, you know, small mammals and rodents and uh, rats, you know, well, you know, all the things that we we don't care about. I mean, a rat, you know, all rat lives matter, but it seems that owls go after the mouse and the rats and some of the other um, lions and tigers. That's something that they go down to, but... This is really a special kind of a cat. Now, in the wild, it would compete with prey with the foxes, the wolves, the leopards, and the hyenas. But they are really something. They have very long legs. They're not huge cats, but they are absolutely beautiful. So I'm just mentioning that. And they really get along. They really have been domesticated, and they really do get along with our other cats if you wanted to bring them into your home. But uh, I just think that they are beautiful. I mean, you know, I'm a cat lover. I'm a dog lover. But they are really special-looking faces, you know, very Egyptian. And um, so I just wanted to bring that up. And we're going to be having our guest. Our guest is Kim from Bill Jack Foods. This is National Obesity for Dog Month, and she wants to talk about some of the treats that they have that could help your dog, you know, when you give your dog treats. This is, you know, very nutritious, and uh, she will be with us shortly. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to meet Kim. Okay, time to call off the dogs. We'll be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Are you confused by the overwhelming number of supplements for your dog? Developed by a veterinarian, Dr. Baker's all-natural canine system saver is designed to address many of the common problems your dog faces today, including allergies, inflammatory diseases, arthritis, hip dysplasia, geriatric problems, and more. Restore and maintain your dog's health with Dr. Baker's all-natural canine system saver. Order two bottles today and receive 20% off plus free shipping. Visit Canine System SystemSaver.com. To get this special offer, enter coupon code RS20 at checkout. It's DesignerPetSweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit DesignerPetSweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. DesignerPetSweaters.com They called it elephant skin. It was rough, wrinkly, like a Brillo pad. His hair was falling out in clumps. Petey stopped eating and all his hair fell out. Our golden retriever, Sundance, he scratched incessantly. There was hair all over. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. The 
omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. Within two weeks, the shedding slowed down to almost none. The scratching went away after a few days, and Sundance's coat was starting to get shiny and glossy. It's a 180 turnaround. His skin has cleared up. He's not in pain. If your dog has shedding, dry skin, excessive scratching due to Dynavite. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> We're back, and today I have a guest from Bill Jack Foods, Kim Gabeline, and we're going to talk about Pet Obesity Awareness Month. Hi, Kim. How are you? Hi. Good, Cheryl. How are you? I'm very, very good. Let's talk about, well, the fact that we even have a Pet Obesity Awareness Month is wonderful, and yeah. I wanted to talk about uh, some of your products. I uh, did get a sample of the treats and I have to tell you that <laughs> they are fabulous. I stopped off on my way to the <laughs> studio today to visit a friend of mine that has rescue dogs, five, mm-hmm. two cats, and they loved it, even the cat. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, yeah we get that a lot of the time, so that's great to hear. Yeah, I felt like the Pied Piper. <laughs> you made a, a bunch of new best friends today. A, a bunch of new best friends, and I plan <laughs> on going to my local pet park and making more new friends. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So now tell me a little bit about the statistics for pet obesity and what an owner could look for and, you know, some of the guidelines that you think they should be aware of, especially now we're coming into fall and some of the months uh, down the road will be winter where we won't be able to get our dogs out and walk as much. So uh, what can we do? Yeah, we know. I, I think it's great that there is a pet obesity awareness month because I think half the battle is knowing when your pet is overweight or not. So I know that the Association for Pet Obesity Prevention, um, they do a survey every year, and they've been tracking this for a few years now. And what they've found is that there's a high percentage of dogs and cats, but, but dogs also that, have, that are overweight. So they're seeing about 54% of dogs in the U.S. are overweight or obese. So that's, that's not good news. And, about, and they're also noting that 90% of owners, so most of us who have an overweight dog, don't realize it. So, so half the battle is like trying to make sure that people are really aware of this and that they're paying attention and they're doing the right thing by their dog. It's just knowing that, that these are the statistics. And so it's important to be able to kind of know that. And, you know, how do you know your dog is overweight, right? So if, if, you, if you're not sure, you know, you might just think they're kind of a little fluffy and they look cute. You know, it's great to be able to look at their ribs. You know, can you look at their ribs and see them or can you feel them? You know, are you seeing where their stomach is, right, if they're standing up straight? Can you see where their stomach kind of indents and goes up from their ribs? You know, their their stomach shouldn't be at the same, you know, the same exact straight line across from their ribs. And right, so, they should have a waist. That's right, they should have a waist. That's exactly right. And so it's important for you to kind of check your pet every once in a while and see how they're doing. And, and you know, of course, you know, being active is part of, of kind of the importance 
important part, right? You, you know, are you going for a walk with them? And are you maybe even just playing around the house with them? But it's really important, not just for activity, but to make sure that you're thinking about how are you feeding them? You know, are you giving them extra treats? And what are those treats? Are those human food treats? You know, because a, a slice of bacon could be 100 calories for a dog, which would be a lot of calories. One of our Little Jack's treats, for example, they're great for training, but they're also great if you want to just kind of monitor their calories, right? They're just three or four calories a piece. Right. I looked so, at the back and everything was chicken, chicken, chicken livers. I mean, it was all, it was nutritious. Yeah, yeah. So feeding a high quality treat rather than giving them human food, right, is, is probably a better thing to be able to do. And, you know, and sometimes we, you know, we want, we want to, you know, give them things that we eat. And so you have to just be careful about how much of the time you're doing that and, and is it safe for them, right? Because sometimes we give them things they shouldn't eat, you know, which is a whole different conversation. So it's important to kind of watch that, you know, as a food company, right, you know, we put feeding guidelines on the bags to be able to help people understand how much they should feed, but they're truly just guidelines. So, you know, I have a 10-pound Bichon Frise, and he's at a great weight, but that was just telling me that last year at his checkup, you know, hey, do you know you have a, does people tell you your dog looks skinny? And I said, I don't think I've had that, but he definitely, like, if you're used to having an overweight pet, he might look skinny to you, and he's at a great weight, but, you know, he's kind of active. And so, you know, I don't really have to take him out to walk him too, too much. You know, he's pretty active on his own. But some some pets are couch potatoes. Right, right, right. And so if you have a couch potato, you know, then they're not going to probably burn up this. It's just like us, right? They're not going to burn up the same amount of calories that somebody who is going, you know, a dog that's going to be active is going to burn up. So, you know, you have to look at those weights. And if you're feeding them, say, the amount of food for a 10-pound dog for the day, you want to make sure that maybe if he's gaining weight, you want to be pairing that back a little bit and adjusting that. So we try our best to be able to communicate what you should be feeding, but you really have to look at your dog on a regular basis and see, you know, sometimes I grab him and I get on the scale with him and I, you know, I'd see how much he's weighing these days and, and make sure that he's on track. So, you know, don't be afraid to kind of look at that and, and just pair back a little bit, right, and see how he does on that. And then, you know, and then you can go from there. If you have more serious weight to lose, you know, like let's say you're an 80-pound dog and you should be maybe a 70-pound dog, and that really is a better weight for you and the vet's maybe giving you a target of, of what you should be striving for. I always say that you should kind of step down from how much you're feeding him. So if you're, you know, if he's an 80-pound dog and he's supposed to be a 70-pound dog, try feeding them how much you would feed them if they were a 75-pound dog, right? And then get them down to 75 pounds. And then once he's there, then you could go down to the next one, which is be 70, right? And then feed him the amount of food that is appropriate for a 70-pound dog. So this way you're stepping them down gently. We don't want to see them lose weight very quickly, and that's not good for them either. But you certainly want to be able to try to get them on a good track, right, with a good high-quality food and with the right feeding amount. Right, and you have reduced fat in your food line. Yeah, yeah, we have a reduced fat formula, which is really great. It's got 30% less fat than our um, adult select. And so it's a great way to be able to kind of step down out of that. But, you know, it still has for example, the omega-3s and 6s, so that they still have a great coat. You know, it still is gently cooked and so and gently processed, and so we really feel like that helps protect the key nutrients, right, the nutrients that your dog needs. Right, muscles. Um, they the have to keep their muscles alive. That's the right. Walks. That's right. So we want to, we, you know, we don't want to pair them back so much, right? That that affects their health. We just want to affect their weight. And so I think that's one of the things that we really try to do very well, so that you still have a, a great, healthy dog, but you're helping them to manage those calories, you know, um, on the way there. Right. I find that you know, as we get older, people just don't walk their dogs enough, and then some of the smaller dogs, too much walking isn't good for them. And it's true. Some dogs are very active during the day, and some dogs are very active at night. And I think it goes also with the owner. 
I mean, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a dog that lives in a city doesn't really get let out in their backyard to run around on the grass and do their business. But, you know, mm-hmm. when you live in a city, you could walk the dog. You know, you walk here, you walk there. You know, even uh, some places in Europe, you take your dogs everywhere with you. I mean, it's like your bag. And, you know, in Europe, they walk more than drive. Mm-hmm. But I think the exercise, proper food, and really good old-fashioned play at home with a pet is the most important thing, and you have to give them the best food. I mean, years ago, while I was growing up, I had I had a standard poodle. I don't even know if this company is still around, but it was called Cadillac Dog Food. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. I don't think it's around anymore. But I also think that not leaving food out all day for pets, have a, a specific time, whether it's in the morning or the evening, to feed them. And then, you know, while you're playing with them, a treat. I have two cats, and mm-hmm. I am going to give them this as a treat at night. Mm-hmm. I like that it's soft. And from what I could see of the the dogs that I gave it to this morning and the cat, they love it. So, you know, I mean, if I could be a queen in my own house, well... <laughs> I'm going for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I think a lot, you know, a lot of people, you know, they want to be able to give treats. And like I said, it's great to use a smaller treat. You know, our breakfast jacks are also on the smaller side. And so you can kind of, you know, be able to give them one or two of them when they go out as opposed to giving them one really big one, you know, and that kind of gets them excited. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for love. Being able to give them a reward is just a love and hug and, you know, just some of that extra scratching is really a big reward for a lot of dogs. You know, I, I think we forget, especially I have a smaller dog, like you were saying, and I probably don't walk him as much as he would like to be, but they're dogs. They love to use their sense of smell and hearing. And so it's so much more than just a walk, really, for them. It's so much more for them to get out and use all of the things that they have about them that are dog. And so so it really kind of is a win-win because it gets them excited and they get to use a lot of their senses. But then, like you said, it also gets them out there kind of getting out there and, and you know, doing their calories. And, you know, you don't have to do a whole lot. You know, go for a 20-minute walk. You know, a lot of times we might just walk down the street and back if you're in, you know, kind of a residential area. Or, you know, go to a dog park and, you know, see maybe they might enjoy socializing with some other dogs or go with a friend who has a dog. You know, some of my friends go together to the dog park and their dogs visit while they visit. So there's, you know, there's lots of ways to kind of be able to get out there and do something. One of the most creative ways I've seen from from folks that have given us feedback is they actually throw some of their toys up the stairs if they live in like a, you know, a two-story house or in the basement, and then their dog runs down and goes and gets them and brings them back up. And I think that's good. I think that's yeah, they're very climbing creative. stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of ways to kind of be able to make it fun for them without having to necessarily have it just be about treats or, you know, just be about walking, you know, outside, you know, per se. So there's, there's lots of ways to do that. And I think, you know, being able, like you said, to find a high-quality food is really, a, you know, a, a key part of it. But then feeding it the right way, so that they don't, you know, so they're not gaining weight while they're eating is really an important thing to be able to do with people too. Yeah. And I think it's really great that they have taken aside a month so we could recognize that, you know, like we have Dog Awareness, National Dog Day, you know, since these are family members, and I would think most of us who own any kind of a pet do consider them family. I mean, you have to. Oh, yeah. 
And, you know, and, and, and they're just with us for a short time, right? So we get to just, you know, we get to have them for just such a limited time. And I think, you know, one of, it's kind of interesting. One of the nationwide insurance just did a, a recent look at some of their claims and they found that for conditions and diseases related to pet obesity, that those have gone up 10% over just the last two years. So, you know, there's lots of things that can go wrong with your dog's body. You know, that obviously lots of stress on their hips and on their knees, but there certainly could be some insulin resistance, you know, uh, kind of thing and they could potentially get diabetes. So there's a lot of other kind of longer term things that can go wrong if your pet is overweight. So it really is important. You know, I I think like you said, it's so great we have an awareness month for pet obesity because so many people don't realize that their pet is obese. So it's real important to get, you know, take a good look at your best friend today and see, you know, are you seeing, are they looking healthy and are they looking at a good weight? And if not, what can you do to help them get on that road to a healthy weight? And I think also, you know, now that we've started, I think with the last 12 years, when you go to the vet, they do their teeth, which Mm -hmm. also helps because a lot of times, you know, you know, dogs are pack animals. They hide anything that pains them. So we don't Mm -hmm. know about it. But now that people are, you know, getting tired of taking off of their teeth, they could chew better. Chewing is important too. You know, Mm -hmm. something like a bone or a toy. And I think obesity in pets also is a lot of us work from home. So we're home Mm -hmm. all day and we're doing our thing on the computer and we're not going out as much. And when we used to have, you know, the traditional lifestyle of nine to five, we go, we leave the house, we come back, we take the dog for a walk, we have our Mm -hmm. supper, we take the dog for a walk, we watch our television, we take the walk for, you know, the dog for the last walk. You know, things are really, you know, so dogs are hanging out with us all day. And I think it's very important that we do have this Bill Jack Foods that has taken this into consideration because nobody wants to have a fat dog. No. No, and, and people don't mean to, right? They just they just don't realize it, and that's why, again, I think it's great to have an awareness month to talk about this. And as a pet food manufacturer, right, it's important to us that everybody's using their food wisely and and helping their dog live a long, healthy life. And do you have food for cats as well? No, you know, right now we just have dog food. We used to have cat food a few years ago. It's been quite a while now, but right now we're just focused on dog. Okay, but I'm still using those treats for my cats, and nobody's going to tell. <laughs> they won't think- know. <laughs> I, yeah, I think an occasional one here or there is okay, just as long as you're not giving them too many. That's important. No, that's great. <laughs> and I just want to let everybody know that you could find these treats and the food, a full line of this at Petco, PetSmart, and Pet Supermarket. They are all over. You could go onto the website, BillJack.com, and you just plug in your zip code and you'll be able to find them. I think it's great. I really appreciate you being here. I hope you'll come back and we'll talk some more about some things. And, you know, I have a Facebook page, Unleashed Radio Show uh, with Cheryl Kay, and I'm going to put this information on my page because I have a lot of people with dogs on there, and I think they could really use the information. Oh, that's great. Yeah, thank you for having us, and thank you for letting us uh, focus on this really important thing that hopefully everybody can help get their dogs to stay healthy and happy. Okay, and you'll come back in the winter when they're not moving around too much for the snow. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, Kim, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to Kim from Bill Jack Food. We appreciate your visit. Hope to have you back soon. I want to thank my producer, Mark Winter, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Remember, live life unleashed. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.